The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. Well, we're going to focus on the wise and foolish virgins and the oil, but this line is so powerful from our first reading. Um, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. There's just It's just so rich, and we're going to try to end up with some answers to that um, from kind of looking at what's going on with the, uh, the oil. Um, this is such a popular parable, and um, I'm sure like, well, me, but I'm sure many of you say, okay, yeah, I, how do I get the oil? What is it and how do I get more of it? Um, the hunch is that it's through relationship. Clearly, Jesus, when the uh, foolish virgins come back, they have oil, but he says, I don't know you. So our hunch is that this is through a relationship. That's, this is involvement. Jesus has to be part of the transaction. Um, as I thought about that, uh, when I think about the theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity, before every rosary, we ask for an increase of those. So I was trying to really look at that. Uh, and as a reminder, faith, hope, and charity were actually participating with God. His activity through us. So when we think about faith, we're actually participating in the activity of God's knowing he grants us, he gives us knowledge, and we're participating in his knowledge. It's a gift of grace. Likewise, with hope, we are desiring 
What God desires when we have that theological virtue of hope, it's a grace, it's a given. When we can participate in the activity of God's hope and his desire flowing through us so that we desire just like God does. And with charity, likewise, when we participate in true charity, God's love is flowing through us. It's God's love. You can start to see the relationship when we're participating with God in those three. And so that I was, I was thinking about those. Now, there's some interesting wordplay that I found that goes on with um, mercy, which we think of in uh, charity. Um, the root word for mercy and olive oil are the same. When we say, uh, and, and, and what I found out is with olive oil, it's used for uh, treating minor wound, wounds that you might have. So to try and heal them, you would take olive oil and kind of rub it into a, a wound so it would help heal the wounds, soothe the pain. Uh, when we say Kyrie eleison, we're saying, Lord, soothe my wound. Have mercy on me. Soothe me. So olive oil comes from that same word. So there's a little wordplay going on with the oil, the olive oil that's used to burn the lamp. It's really about mercy. And I was thinking of the charitable works of mercy. I was reminded of, and you've probably gone through uh, one of these books if you've followed uh, Father uh, Gately. Um, so he had, one of his books was uh, You Did It to Me. Uh, it says, A Practical Guide to Mercy in Action. And uh, he had this really interesting uh, concept that he, he had pulled from John Paul II, uh, and Gately says, he says that true mercy is always a two-way street, a bilateral reality where both the giver and the receiver are blessed. In fact, he teaches that if we don't realize this when we perform the work of mercy, it's not really mercy. I dug into that a little bit more about what exactly was John Paul II saying. He says, if this bilateral reciprocal quality is absent, our actions are not true acts of mercy, nor has there been fully completed in us that conversion to which Christ has shown us the way by his words and example, even to the cross. Nor are we yet sharing fully in the magnificent source of merciful love that has been revealed to us by him. In, in the example of charitable works of mercy, we have to be receiving the blessing just as we are giving mercy. It's happening both ways. And I would challenge us to really think of this because in, in all of the virtues, in everything when we spend in growing our relationship with Christ, we're receiving, really, God's power. It's foolishness to the rest of the world 
But this is the energy, the fuel that lights the lamp. It's God's grace given to us as we participate in what he fills us with. And it's so clear in what John Paul was saying. When we think about the mercy that we give, when it's flowing through us and it's God's mercy, we're being filled up with fuel. It's the power of God. That's what the, the wise virgins had. They realized that it couldn't be purchased. It had to be experienced. Let's stand and offer our petitions.